Hey guys, the show is about ready to start, but really quick, I wanted to grab your attention, tell you to have a pencil and paper ready. I have some very important information you're going to want to stick around for after the show regarding updated contact information, websites, and more. Everything's changed. Holy cow. What do I mean? Everything's ready to start. I gotta run. Stick around after the show and I'll get you filled in. and welcome to a very special episode of Random Illusions. I'm your host, Shasta Ray, and I am joined in this episode by Zoltan, the talking podcast bird, as well as Miss Aida and Cheese Everyone say hi. Hi there. Hello, hello. And we're going to put... Oh, he's doing his creepy thing again. Ah, it seemed appropriate for the, uh, for the occasion. <laughs> We're going to see if the podcast bird will start talking tonight. He was talking a minute ago, so we'll see if he'll chitter and chatter. He was sitting on my shoulder earlier, and he was biting my cheek. <laughs> Little turd. <laughs> he is so silly. All right, so we are here to hang out and have a Halloween party together, and we are going to talk about... Ooh, scary protections against scary things in the magical communities and how to keep yourself happy and not scared. And you know what? Tim Tim is in front of a bonfire and he looks very, very spooky. I wish people could see it. This is so appropriate. (laughs) He's appearing as red. Yeah, from the reflection of the fire, and he's coming in and out and in and out. It's like really awesome to watch this. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we're talking tonight about things that are the scariest monsters of all, and that would be things like jealousy and envy and things that can seep into your life in nasty, toxic ways and do its damage. And sometimes you don't even know it's happening till it's too late. And how to protect yourself from such things. This is stuff that if you do it to others, it'll make yourself miserable. It'll make others miserable. If they do it to you, it makes everyone in the room miserable. Let's all be happy and not be jealous of each other. And sometimes it's just simple protections that can make that just bounce right off. So we're just going to talk about some of that. Miss Aida has a wonderful book for that. We've talked about it before, but what is the title again? Voodoo Cleansing and Protection Magic. Yay! Very good book. You know, the very, 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 very first thing I tell everybody, and it's not magical, but keep quiet. Don't advertise what you have. Don't brag about what you have. Keep quiet. That's the best way to avoid people coveting you. Yep. And remember, that's one of the... the, uh, Ten Commandments, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor, right? Yep. And And people do it all the time. Everyone's heard of the evil eye. The evil eye is an age-old thing. It's been around for hundreds and thousands of years, and it is jealousy. And it is that green-eyed monster 
And sometimes it's a small monster and sometimes it's a big monster. But when it grabs you, it can do a lot of damage. It can destroy relationships. It can destroy friendships. It can destroy lives if you let it get a hold of you. And that's not good. That's not healthy. Nope. And we, it, it, comes, it, it comes in many ways. It comes in compliments. It comes in many ways. It comes yeah. in, in intentional curses. You know, in a lot of cultures, we view a compliment as a deliverance of an evil eye. Yeah. So, you know, I don't like people complimenting me at all. I get very, very nervous, you know, and yeah, you don't know the intention behind it sometimes. I mean, you know what, if you can do it, if you can, you know, people give my dogs dirty looks and they're German shepherds. And when people give them a look, I spit on them three times. (laughs) If people, it's a way of getting rid of that, of getting rid of the evil eye. And it exists in many, many cultures. If they're doing it to me, I'll spit on the floor three times. Yeah. Now I had a man, I don't know if I told you this story before. I was in the library and I was getting tutored by a math tutor. This was right before mm-hmm. COVID. And I'm deaf in one ear, you know, Air Force. Mm-hmm. I, I had to always lift up my headgear to hear my students and hear my patients. And I always lifted up my left headgear because I was on very, very loud aircrafts and I had serious ear damage. As a result of that, a lot of you have noticed that when you're speaking to somebody who is hard of hearing, they tend to talk louder, right? Mm -hmm. As do I. Well, I have, I have threefold, you know, I have, um, you know, I'm I'm half Cuban, Afro-Cuban, I'm half Greek, and and I'm deaf, so you know it's, it's <laughs> cultural, it's genetic, and everything else, and and you know a physiological malfunction. So I talk loud, so I'm talking loud to my math tutor, not realizing how loud loud I was talking, and no regard for this man sitting at the same table trying to read. So finally, he had had enough of me and he slams his hands on the table, comes right up to me and gives me the world's dirtiest look. I mean, if looks could kill, I would have been dead. Wow. Now, I know what was going through his mind. What was going through his mind is shut up. You're too loud. But what he inadvertently did was deliver the evil eye. He gets up, he leaves, and my math tutor is talking to me. And I felt horrible about having been that loud. I was guilty as charged. But I'll tell you, something came over my entire body. And I couldn't think. I couldn't listen. I couldn't concentrate. There was something attacking my aura, my protective shield. Wow. And I could feel it suppressing. It was a horrible feeling that was all over my body. I always carry holy water in a spray bottle and Florida water in a spray bottle in my purse, always. And, you know, the first thing that I realized after three minutes of being assaulted of having my aura assaulted I could feel it all over my body and I went oh my god 
I've got the evil eye, right? Are you intuitive empath? Yes. So am I. Yeah. And when you, when you feel it, you feel it. It makes no, you. Oh, I it, felt it. Yeah. And it makes you creep and crawl through your entire every exactly. cell. Yeah. No, I couldn't. I'm in the library. I can't spit on the ground three times, right? So I pulled out my Florida water, sprayed myself. Then I pulled out my holy water. Holy water's last because it seals everything. Sprayed myself with the holy water and bada bing, bada boom, it was gone. Nice. Like that. But you've got you've got to do things immediately. Yeah. Because if you don't do things immediately, the aura continues to suppress. And then you attract more negative energies, yeah. more negative particles, as I call them. Like and attracts you just light. Let it go and let it go and let it go. You can eventually get holes and tears in your aura. And guess what? Now you can attract negative entities. So you got to take care of these things immediately. I do a lot of different plant protections. Mm-hmm. And I have plants that are protective in nature that I just keep in the house. And then I have different seeds that are incredibly protective and I assign them protection in my house. And then a little over a year ago, I did a protection charm type couple of episodes. And one thing I didn't know was flower essences are very protective. So whenever I do my smoothies, I have a bottle of flower essences. I put about five drops in almost every day and I take that in internally. And I just ask the essences of these plants to always protect me. And so far, it's been very, very successful. And then here again, like like you said, there's all different kinds of protective stuff you can do with different traditions. And you can overlap all of these, too, for extra. So My my favorite uh, plant is nettle, mm N-E-T-T-L. Yes. Because not only does it have spiritual cleansing properties, it's also... A natural antibacterial. And it's a natural anti-allergen too. So if you have allergies, take nettle tea. Know that. Nettle tea. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when people have consumed, because you can can, um, curse somebody or bewitch somebody or put a spell on somebody through ingestion, right? They ingest it. And, you know, most often than not, other than menstrual blood for love spells, most often than not, they're they're cursing ingredients. And, you know, I get a lot of male clients that will consume something that will make them impotent. And I always tell them, drink nettle tea. Wow. Drink it every day. And sure enough, like within a week, they're fine. So Mm. I especially love that nettle. N-E-T-T-L-E. I'll throw in that for like for general protection stuff. I like to wear a whole mess of pentacles and I've got them all intention for, you know, various things. And, but one of the ones that I found is actually maybe even more effective than the others is the, I made a, uh, I made a pendant with all the names of the Shem angels on one side and the Anabakoak angels on the other. And if I ever need any sort of in the moment, really anything, I just grab that thing in my hand and tell it what I need help with, and and it happens. Do you know what I did the other day? So I told Miss Aida this, and then we, you and I have mentioned this on the podcast. When Tim was visiting my city a while back, he and I got this bright idea to do 
a ritual where we read the entire book of Psalms. Oh <laughs> my God. Oh. Woo. And that was, that was and awesome. After Ooh. after two hours, we started off trading off 10 Psalms each. After two hours, we completed Psalm 60 and we looked at each other and we we're like, we have to double up on this. So then we started reading simultaneously and it, it still, we ended at five hours. It took forever to read it. Oh but what we did is we supercharged a sigil that we created for that ritual so that it would absorb all the energy from all those Psalms and all of the divine energies, angels, presences, God aspects. And I have a copy of it on my fridge. So I put both of my hands on it and I call on all of those energies from that night of that ritual. And I can still feel the power from all of those Psalms. That was some crazy, crazy power. Yeah, I use that sigil all the time. I've got coffee coasters with that sigil on it that I oh nice on. I've got amulets with that on it. And I'm, you know, probably going to plant a tattoo of it at some point. Yeah, same here. I love that. But yeah, that was crazy. But on the topic of Psalms, if you find someone throwing you bad energy, you can always do Psalm 58, and that's a return to sender. And uh, you got someone throwing you some bad juju, that's your go. That's my go-to. And I find it works quite well. Boing. My go-to is 137 for uncrossing. Ah. It's got 40 verses. And it's an incredible psalm because it talks about how nasty people existed back then. And, you know, we're talking over 2,000 years ago that these psalms were written. Well, way over that, right? It's yeah, some of Jesus. them are. And so um, the psalms were written mostly by King David and, and some by Moses. And they talk about how nasty people can be in the psalm. And it seems like they're talking about people today. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're, the topic is jealousy here, right? And the psalm talks about how they spread themselves out like a bay tree. So I imagine bay trees, you know, reproduce and shed like crazy. And it's just amazing. But, you know, I, I'm a, a firm believer in praying aloud. Psalm 137 has 40 verses. It's a little difficult. But the interesting thing is, Whenever I do a an uncrossing by proxy, I have to recite this psalm 13 days in a row and over the effigy of the target. And I don't know why it happens, but each and every time money comes to me. Hmm. It's really Interesting. Bizarre. Yeah. How strange. Well, yeah. That's a that's kind of a Catholic thing, isn't it? The uh the the concept of the novena doing the same requests uh, X number of days in a row over some kind of idol? No, no, it, it's a hoodoo thing. So, you know, there's numbers designated with whatever the condition of the spell is. So if I were doing a love spell, for instance, and I recited, what is it, Psalm 41 or Psalm 45? One of those is a, is a great love spell one, but you would recite it seven times, hmm. okay, for cursing, or uncrossing, it's done 13 times, you know, 13 days in a row. The love would be seven days in a row. If I wanted money, money, who to assign to number five. So it would be done five days in a row and so on and so forth. A novena, Tim, is 
nove meaning nine. So in the Catholic faith, we believe that we have to pray nine days to a saint. And that's why you get those novena candles, which are supposed to be um, lit perpetually. And the wax would be completely consumed within nine days. However, nowadays, it's very, very hard to find those nine-day candles. They're making them cheaper and cheaper. And Yeah, they're more like three-day candles. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a shame because it, it used to be nine and then seven, then five, and now we're getting to around three. So what happens? You have to buy a bunch of candles for the same price or even more. Hmm. Thank goodness you can get them at Dollar General for a buck. <laughs> so what about, I'm not real familiar with this, but I've seen it and I've heard people that use this, the egg cleansing to find out if you've got some bad juju on you and to right. help cleanse it off. Do you have any information you could share on an egg cleansing? Oh. Well, the egg cleansing is the, the whole idea is for the egg to absorb the negative energy that's on you. I don't believe in egg cleansings for harsher situations. They now, can be indicative, though, too, can't they? They can indicate if you've got something. Oh, absolutely. You. So, you know, what you can do then is after you cleanse yourself, you can break the egg into a glass of water and then wait 24 hours, you know, you'd have to be a, a clear glass, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can see the images and the images will tell you a lot of things. And how do you read images? I think that you read images the same way as you read um, tea leaves and the same way that you read candle wax. And there's quite a few good books on tea leaf readings. And you can apply those things to reading an egg or reading candle wax remains. Nice. I was going to say now, maybe you can clear something up for me, which is what would, what would the difference be in your mind between a, like a hex or curse breaking and an uncrossing? Same thing. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if there was a special designation in hoodoo or, or whatnot. I don't, you know, so I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to make sure I got all my terms right. Yeah, you know, the, the terminologies are, are different, but it's it's the same thing. You know, like we say personal concerns and a lot of practitioners say tag locks, right? Cursing and crossing can have other terminologies like hexing and throwing shade, all kinds of things. So it's it's just same thing, different lingo. And I I think that if we allow ourselves to be jealous of others, you know, and that something good happens to someone, we can't be happy for them. That's where we start locking in some really hardcore blockages in our lives. And then we can't let stuff in, you know, it starts affecting us adversely. So you have to kind of watch yourself. It's a human thing. And I think it's one of the challenges. It's kind of one of our responsibilities of being here is to keep ourselves in check. So we're not spreading that kind of toxicity to others as well as ourselves. Or self-sabotage. Yeah. I mean, I'll use a personal anecdote from my time as a gigging musician. It is really, really easy to fall into a trap of getting jealous of those who are doing better than you are. Especially when you're in a super highly competitive environment like songwriting or gigging because you're not only competing against other people but what you're competing with is those little pieces of your soul that you've chosen to reveal to the public (laughs) and so it it feels incredibly personal when you don't get the gig or when you you don't get the attendance you're hoping for or or, or whatever whatever it is 
And then you see other people who are maybe doing better than you in placements for TV and film, or maybe they're doing better. Maybe they're playing better shows and maybe they're doing more tours or maybe they're just, they're just doing something you wish you were doing, but getting jealous of them, at least for me, ruined the experience of playing music altogether. And I got so burned out. I didn't want to do it anymore. And it was only when I realized how I was self-sabotaging that I just said, you know what? I got to stop caring about what other people are doing, whether it's, you know, above where I'm at or below where I'm at, or that's all subjective anyways, and just enjoy the thing I'm doing. And it changed my life. Yeah. You know, because then you're bringing yourself down and you're not enjoying your own talent. When you were here and you were sitting on my porch singing, you didn't have a care in the world. And the way people responded, like I said, we had a, a little group of little old ladies that came and they were dancing (laughs) in my driveway (laughs) and that spreads joy. There's more value to that than anything, I think. Well, you know, in, in, in self-sabotaging, I have a hard time with jealousy and envy and I don't experience these things, but I had them, a lot of people around me and, you know, and I'll give you an example and I had this been complaining to Shasta about this for a long time now that I wrote the book Hoodoo Cleansing and Protection Magic. And this book was written from experience. It was written from my blood, sweat, and tears. Everything that's in this book are things that I've done, things that I've experienced, techniques that I have perfected. That didn't take me a couple of years. It took me a lifetime. And I published this book. And the next thing I know, there's people out there who have read the book and they're out teaching these classes. And they are enjoying the fruits of my labor that took years and years and years and years. So when we talk about self-sabotage, Oh, and the other thing that happens too is nobody invites me. I have not made one presentation on that book. Why should anyone call me? They've got all these other people doing lectures on my book. Okay. And when we talk about self-sabotaging, it does affect me because I become paranoid. I become very paranoid. You know, when I do my live events, I do live events every other Sunday on my, my Facebook page. I'm very, very cautious about what I say. I'm terrified. What are they going to steal from me next? You know, and so it is self-sabotaging in a way. It, it, it really one of, is. One of the people that we have talked about on the podcast that does that very thing, steals other people's work, presents it as his own. And doesn't tell anyone, oh, hey, I took this off of a website. Oh, I I got this here. I got that here. And it's all over. You know, the really sad thing is everyone probably has something of their own to present that's unique. And we can probably all have that moment in the spotlight with our own uniqueness. We don't have to copy from each other. That's the crazy thing. Yeah, but the problem is in this society nowadays, people feel entitled. Yeah, There's a sense of entitlement. It's very prevalent and it's very sad. And it's like you said, you've got this lifetime of experience. And then like your mom had a lifetime of experience. Some people are out there, they're just winging it and they're presenting themselves as experts. They've been doing it a couple of years and that's it. 
And well, some of them, like in my case, they're not doing anything. They just read the book. Right. You know? <laughs> There's what someone you- else from another publisher who completely paraphrased my book. And it's selling like hotcakes. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. In regards to the uh, the individual we're talking about who likes to take other folks' works and present it as his own, here's the tricky thing, though, and, and people are going to find this happening, is that when he's stealing other people's stuff, he likes to go ahead and make a big show about not stealing people's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it is and how it's bad for the community and (laughs) sad when it happens and it just hurts his little tender heart (laughs) but but it's all a smoke screen man he's he's presenting that same stuff without attributions i mean uh be be observant y'all when you're when you're doing this stuff make sure that people are not doing the very things that they are accusing other people of doing. <laughs> Absolutely. And oh, one, boy. one thing I was also going to say that I've seen a lot, and this is just really generic. Be careful with Facebook groups for magic because you get people that have bragging about magic results and they may make it seem like it's one thing when maybe there is more time involved. Maybe it wasn't as instant as their little post seems, or they leave out some details and they just give key information. And a lot of people get really jealous that their magic isn't flowing like other people's. They're not getting the same results. They're not getting the same experiences. You get down on yourself. You start doing the comparison game. Make sure that you don't do that. Everyone's journey is your own. And it is very gratifying if you stick to your own journey and don't compare yourself. That's where some magical jealousies come into play. Well, I have a question. I have a couple of questions here. Number one, why are they bragging about their magic? Okay. Um, (laughs) A lion never has to tell you that it's a lion, right? Right. And number two, how do we know that they're not lying? Yeah. Okay. Oh, hey. Uh, But I want to interject a very quick story that I think will connect with, with some people, which is in a lot of competitive sports, you're obviously, you know, competing against another team or another player or whatever. And now one of my kids chose to be part of a cross country and one of the reasons why he likes it is because he's not competing against anybody besides himself now he's a very aware child and the other day he went to a meet and it was kind of just a end of the year or end of the season i mean uh kind of fun deal but he came in dead last like by quite a margin but i was super proud of him because when he was done he was like, you know what? From two months ago, I shaved two and a half minutes off my mile time. Nice. And I, I was like, are you kidding? That's awesome. That is so great. You know, and his mile time wasn't bad to start with. So a two and a half minute improvement is crazy that's, good. Yeah, that's really and, good. And he said, he's like, you know, I, I, like, I realize I ran a little slower than some of the other people, but I also know that a lot of the slower kids didn't show up for the meet. And so... I was the slowest of the fast kids and that's okay. Cause I improved so much. Wow. And I was like, man, I wish I could be as cool as you. You're my hero. That is Absolutely. awesome. Wait, is that your, was that your oldest? Everything. Was that your mm-hmm. oldest? 
my oldest yeah yeah you know, he's uh he's 13 so we can all learn something something from that kid apply oh, that to, apply that to your magic you see other people that are saying that they do x y and z like Pazeta said you don't know if they actually did x y or z don't worry about their race just worry about your own race because you're not competing against anybody but yourself we're all on a track that leads to the top of the mountain. It doesn't matter which track you're on. It all goes to the same place. So be focused on progress, not on results. Well, and another thing, this is another funny thing, is there was somebody I knew years ago friends with. And I mean, I never was like jealousy, like green eyed monsters seething, but I always wanted to be able to draw like her. And I couldn't draw like her. She was a fantastic artist. And it was like two years later, I realized she would take a picture of something and then project the picture up on a piece of paper and trace. And, <laughs> and I mean, so you cannot compare yourself to other people because you don't know what their methods are, you know? Right. She, she never claimed to have any artistic talent. She never claimed to be drawing at freehand. It's just that everyone made that assumption. When she revealed what she was doing, she's like, oh, yeah, I, I don't have any artistic. I just project it up and I trace around as the best way to get great results. And, you know, it wasn't she wasn't even trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes. It's just that you compare yourself and you don't even know what the story is. You know? Exactly. Yep. And you know, when it when it comes to spell work. When you're watching other people brag and boast and which they ought not do or lie, which that is my suspicion. Okay. There's, there's a lot of layers out there. What happens is now you're casting self doubt. And you know, when you're saying about self, um, self sabotage, you're imposing self doubt and it makes you a crummy spellcaster. Because you're doubting your spell work. Yeah. And when you doubt your spell work, you're drawing back the energy that should be projected out and your spell will fail. Well, here's one for you. This happened a couple years ago <laughs> in one of the magic groups. Somebody talked about how they did magic and made their wife's breasts grow two cup sizes, two bra cup sizes. <laughs> Magic and, and a plastic surgeon? Or how, and, how well, that okay. <laughs> and, and see, that was my answer. And they were like, yeah, I did magic and my wife's bra size went up two cup sizes. Well, okay. So A, did he do magic for fertility? She got pregnant and uh, it was a result of pregnancy. <laughs> we don't know. Maybe he got, maybe they got an increase in income. They were eating better and she put on some weight. We don't know. Maybe they were eating her really good food and and uh, she put on a few pounds. Um, maybe they did some money magic. And here again, they were able to afford a plastic surgeon. There is a lot of details left out. It was did magic end result. So until you know to fill in those gaps and you could be sitting there doing magic for a better figure and your boobs aren't growing and you don't know why and you're getting down on yourself. <laughs> Oh, you should be doing money magic so you can afford that plastic surgeon, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. Always, I always get down on myself for that, for not having <laughs> my boobs grow bigger. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get people with false inspiration stories like, well, we have this friend. 
And he was telling inspiring stories in the groups about how he lost, what was it, 150 pounds? Something like that. A tremendous amount of weight. And he did magic. And all he did is walk across a, a parking lot a little bit further every day and eat salad. And he dropped all this tremendous amount of weight. <laughs> well, okay. So someone was digging a little bit and it turns out he had stomach surgery. <laughs> I was going to ask that. As a nurse, I was going to say, okay, did he get a gas with my <laughs> So there was this woman, I don't know if she still does it, but she does these beauty shows, how to to make yourself beautiful, you know, in magic. And her pictures are really gorgeous. I mean, she's, wow, she looks like a, a China doll. And I met her in person and oh my God, oh God, is she ugly. She had moon craters all over her face. Yeah disgusting acne the type of acne that you know she doesn't even wash her face i mean it was awful i mean she was ugly and doing nothing to improve herself like go see a dermatologist do something and here she's giving beauty shows you know um she's also given weight loss shows you know it's magical right and she's as big as a house it's it's amazing you, you got to be careful with this stuff got to be careful wow yeah so yeah stick to your own path and you know think think logically you know if someone has this tremendous success story with magic think about ways in the mundane real world you could apply magic to make something like that happen use some magic to get some money educate yourself learn better skincare <laughs> i don't know well it, it goes back to my model okay your magic's got to complement your behaviors and your behaviors have got to complement your magic. They go hand in hand. You can't solve all your problems just with magic. And the so way I, I can't put a spell on Tim or you to make you call me. And I'm putting a spell on both of you every day, every day. You know, I want you two to call me. I want you two to call me. And then you call me, but I don't answer the phone. Okay. My behavior is not complementing my magic. Right. And the way I, I like to break my magic down is to view it as magic will take and push the odds in your favor. If you're balanced on a fence, it's going to push you on that side of the fence you want. So do little tiny baby steps for the big picture and work your way to the big picture. Instead of trying to do one spell for some tremendous end result, you need to take and break that down to get there and do a, do a whole bunch of little tiny success stories for one big success story. Exactly. You can't jump up a flight of stairs, you know, 100 stairs. You have to go one step at a time. Yep. Yep. Shasta, you nailed it. You nailed it. Boy, that is the, the truth. Amen to that. You know, that, that idea, the, the whole one step at a time thing, I think does pass a lot of people by. And as a result, they don't quite know how to structure their magical efforts. They, they think if I do one grand gesture, it'll happen and all my stuff will be taken care of. But the thing is, if you're, if you're using magic to try and change reality to something a little more pleasing to you, the further that pleasing situation is from your current situation, the harder that transition is going to be. It's going to take time. It's going to take effort. And if you're just doing basically nothing except for magic for the situation, you're not doing anything in the mundane, 
it's going to take a long time for that result to manifest. But as soon as you engage with your mundane work, it speeds up real quick. And then if you do small bite-sized steps instead of one big grand gesture, it's the same in anything. Like if you want to show somebody you love them, you show them by acts of kindness every day, not one big grand gesture. Right. If you you want to be good at something, you practice every day. You don't just show up at Carnegie Hall and decide you want to play guitar today. Yeah. And even dance routines that look extremely long, extremely complex, they break it down into small steps. They learn it little bits at a time until they know the entire process. So, I mean, it reflects in our magic. But I always say that the work in the mundane can be thought of, we are a spirit in a meat suit. So if you're going to assign a spirit team to a problem... Even if it's a team of one angel, you should be part of that team and you should be in the mundane working with that angel on the problem to the best of your ability. Sometimes we have a situation where we've done all we can and we're just needing that boost, but you should have always done your work and your effort on the subject, whatever it is. Amen. Think about it. it, You know, I realize this is like a very testosterone filled analogy, but think about Back in the medieval days when, you know, kings would go to war, you had some kings who would stand in the back and order everybody about, and you had other kings who got up in the front and charged with all their soldiers. Who do you think everybody follows? The one, <laughs> yep. the one who's in the thick of it, not the one who's ordering everybody about. And angels work the same way, man. Like they, they want you to be part of the team. They want you to lead the charge. They want to be your backup. They don't want to be the main force. Yeah. St. Joan of Arc. Perfect <laughs> example. Yeah. Perfect example. Great analogy. I love that. Yeah. And then, you know, I always, I always say this over and over, follow your own path, follow your own spiritual path and have other people there as maybe ideas, inspiration, but don't use it as a way to compare yourself. You cannot compare yourself to magic anybody else is doing. Questions are good. It's good to learn. But at the end of the day, it's your magical journey and you have to make your own decisions on what's right for you, you know? Absolutely. Now, Aida, you you do offer some services on helping people structure magic. Do you still offer that? You mean my, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. do magical coaching for yeah. people, which I prefer doing. I do perform spell work. Of course, I do psychic readings. You know, I help people to, to identify what their obstacles are. You know, if, if somebody's spell isn't working, I have them walk me through what they've done step by step. Now, yeah. there's something I don't hear too often from people. Do you hear that, Tim? Hey, let's help the person <laughs> get their magic going for them. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. We, we need uh, more people like you. Well, thank you. So, so thank you. Let's just let's highlight that and say that if you're going to someone you consider a professional and they are selling you service after service after service and they're not doing anything to help you become a better practitioner... You picked the wrong horse. Yeah. <laughs> go. Absolutely. Just go to Miss Aida. Like, how, how about that? <laughs> I always, always prefer that my clients do their own magic. And the way I explain it, you know, of course I do spell work, but I want to help people help themselves. But the way I explain it, for instance, I'm giving you an example. Sally wants me to put a love spell on John. Because she's madly in love with him. 
I can't put out the energy that she has because I don't love him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine the the energy she can put out and manifest that spell the way she wants to exactly because she has all that love energy that she's outputting. That's why her spell would be stronger or would manifest faster than would mine, right? Because she's got the emotion. She's outputting that energy. Yep. Emotion is is like your rocket fuel with any magic that you do. Right. So I love to help people, you know, to, to help them with their, with their own work. And what I'm, what I'm hearing from you is that you can't, fake the emotion part of it you can't fake that piece that adds the rocket fuel and i i I bring that up because i've heard from other folks online that that it's you know if you really want to manifest a result you have to be a an actor and you have to really emote when you do your magical workings it was like i I don't know It, it it struck me the wrong way because the way that it seemed to me was hey if you act well enough you can fool these angels into thinking you're really emotionally invested. Then you can do magic for the people, but they're not stupid. They're smarter than you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you see right through you. <laughs> and nothing can replace the genuine emotion that comes from either really being in love or being in need or, or being whatever it is you're trying to, you're trying to do for yourself. Like nobody's going to feel that as strongly as you do. Yeah. Or really having a desire for something, even if it's a material thing or a frivolous thing, if you've got a real desire for it, you can have it. There's no shame in having things. It's, you know, what kind of a person are you with those things? That's what matters. So you can want stuff. A lot of people get caught up in what other people think, and then they try to kid themselves when they do their magic and make excuses as to why they want it. Just tell the tell the, the spirits you're working with why you want it. Hey, I want this. They don't care. And you can drop all that. We mentioned that a while back, too. You don't need to kid them as to why you're doing the magic. I can't imagine anyone saying that they're able to fool angels. Oh, yeah, we've heard it. You know, I always tell people all the time that we are a mere grain of sand on a beach. And the angels and the saints, and they're the ocean. We're nothing. I mean, we're fooling them. I mean, seriously, Mm -hmm. that's that's very inappropriate behavior and very inappropriate thought process because I've always taught my followers to show honor, to be humble, to show respect, right? And you're going to get more with, what is it, honey than vinegar, right? For those that think that they're more powerful than the entities, good luck to them. And for those who sell themselves and and profess this stuff, well, you know what? Those are the markings of a, a scammer. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a trend right now towards the people practitioners presenting themselves as edge lordy you know they try and be as like dark and mysterious and you know metal for lack of a better term as they can be a magician badass but you know what <laughs> that, wow. that is, that's not how it works y'all and if you're doing it for that 
you're missing the whole point. Your ego is winning and you're doing the opposite of what magic's there for. Like it's supposed to help us become better people and to ascend to a better spiritual existence. And by trying to make yourself the power center, you're you're undoing all of that. So back in the olden days, you know, a lot of you know my age, a lot of you don't. I'm 66 years old. But back in the olden days, there was a program called Dallas. And one of the stars ran into a psychic. And the psychic had an entity working with her since she was a child, since a little girl. And the celebrity went to her and everything this entity told the woman came true. So now the celebrity is bringing more celebrities to her and suddenly she herself becomes a celebrity status and the entity told her you're prostituting me i will not allow this if you keep it up i will leave you and she's like you're not gonna leave me you've been with me my entire life you're not gonna he said keep it up well she kept it up she bought herself a a really expensive home and guess what He left her permanently and she ended up becoming bankrupt and that was that. So that's what happens when your ego gets the best of you. Yeah. It wasn't even her power. It was, it was his power. I remember it being a male entity. It was his power. We did an interview and I need to do the uh, editing on it. I was going to try to get this out in the next upcoming weeks, but it was with a lifelong psychic and the one thing she said is she was on a zoom presentation where she was teaching people and she was teaching for free just to help people but ego got a hold of her for a minute and she started a a little bit of bragging and as soon as that happened her abilities just stopped yep it's she couldn't do anything in the moment and yeah you'll get reminders (laughs) they'll thump you I never allow my clients to thank me because I always tell them I have no power. I'm just the the telephone. You know, I'm the middleman. I'm commuting. So if they want to thank they all my regular clients, because I put them on speaker, right? They know who to thank. They they thank my entities. I've had a couple friends, like I've told them some magic stuff and they're like, oh my God, you are so incredibly good at what you do. It's like, no, I'm not. I know how to ask. I know how to ask a question. That's it. I don't do anything. I don't have that kind of power. I'm not doing squat, but I know, I know how to ask a question. (laughs) I know how to ask for a favor. Anyone can do that. There's nothing special about that. And I think that's a really good place to keep your head. You know, people start getting into magic and stuff and they do get this real dark. I'm a badass. Look what I can do. And when you start doing that, that's going to derail you. Absolutely. <laughs> Just remember that you all you're doing is asking for a favor. Right. Exactly. exactly. And it's there's all different kinds of ways to ask for that favor. You can go about it with ceremonial. You can go about it with pagan witchcraft, kitchen witchcraft. You can be hoodoo witchcraft. There's all different kinds of ways to ask for that favor. But at the end of the day, all you're doing is asking for someone to help you fix a problem (laughs) right exactly exactly and it's a good way to keep your ego in check come on zoe come here oh don't bite me ouch 
Jeez, blatant, my I do want to get back to the jealousy, greed, fear stuff. And I also want to throw depression in that mix because that's a different kind of monster that I think a lot of people deal with. I mean, according to stats, over a quarter of Americans are on antidepressants. And that means that over a quarter are diagnosed and medicating. And we don't know how many are not. Right. Now, I used to, to work for a, uh, a suicide prevention nonprofit. We did a lot of work around the monster of depression and, and how it can manifest in people's lives and how sometimes that manifests in people taking their own life. So I think speaking magically, depression has a really profound effect on your work as well if you don't treat that stuff. The self-doubt, the self-sabotage, I mean, it's it's almost a guarantee that your efforts aren't going to do a whole lot. I agree because number one, you don't have the energy. You do, you know, people who are depressed just don't have the energy. How, what are they outputting? One thing that's come up in my recent past is a lot of realizations about my mother's chronic depression. She never got help for it and how it manifested. And she dumped a lot of chaotic emotional toxicity onto me when I was a teen that's affected me in my adult life. And we don't know how it affects others because we don't think about it because we're being consumed by depression. And it can affect on so many levels, you know. And then, honestly, she was an example of how depression amplified some jealousies and things like that. And it turned into big monsters for her in many ways. It was very unfortunate. But the one positive thing that has come out of it for me, and this has all been part of that shadow work challenge I posed in August, is that I've been able to look at her from a different viewpoint and not have resentments because I can see that she had problems that were bigger than she was. And she, she couldn't handle them anymore. She never got help. And that's why our shadow work is so important. And magic can help us with our self-help. You can do that alongside any kind of therapy. It doesn't matter what the therapy is. You can always strive for, you know, self-betterment and happiness, joy. Which is hard to see sometimes if you're in the throes of depression. You know, yep. like that. that is a, it's a hard thing because part of the disease is that you don't want to get help for the disease. And part of the disease is that you feel like you're so unworthy that you don't even deserve help. And yeah. that, makes it, that makes it really hard to ask friends or to find a counselor or to ask angels for help because you don't even feel like you're worthy of it. And, and you know, I'm speaking from personal experience here. Like I've had depression for, you know, probably 15 years now. And I've had a couple of episodes where, you know, I thought about not being around anymore. And that is a really scary place to be. It is. Um, pro- probably the scariest in my life experience. It has been the scariest. But I think if anybody out there is feeling that right now, just know that there are people you can call. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and open my door and say, just find me on Facebook and say, hey, Tim, I need to talk. Yeah, and me too. I'll be there for you. So will Shasta. You know, it's not that we're professionals and we can solve your problems, but we can listen and let you know that we care. And I've lost too many friends to suicide to let it happen to anybody else. Yeah. So, you know, this is one monster that we can nip in the bud 
And the best way to nip it in the bud is through community. And obviously medication. I mean, there's a, there's a chemical element, but community is what helps you heal. So if you're looking for protections, one of your go-to protections might just be finding yourself a really good group of people that you trust that are good people yeah. that are going to have your back and who are going to listen to you. And, you know, part of my journey is I, I found some of that on this podcast and it's, it's really been helpful for me. So yeah. So in the interest of beating back our demons, you know, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling like you're not worth anything, just, just reach out to somebody. And if you can't, if you don't have anybody, you, you know, reach out to us. Okay. Understand that our system is really messed up because it is all about profit. It's really hard to find a good counselor that you can trust. And that's another blessing of working with angels and working with magic is you can use magic to help you discover some of the things that are causing the root problems you're experiencing with depression, with negative funk, with anxieties, anything. And sometimes using magic will help point you in a direction to get that mundane healing and figure out what you need to do for yourself in the real world. And that would be your real world magic. Maybe it's going to a doctor. Maybe it's going to a group of people that can talk. Maybe it's going to a family member. And a very simple spell or request you can put in to to do that is to contact your holy guardian angel. Or if you don't feel like you have a good connection with them, even though you do, you could go to any angel and just say, hey, you know, this feeling is a little too heavy for me. Do you please just, can you take it? Just take it from me. And I, I need this burden off my shoulders. They will take that feeling. They will transmute it into something better. And and they'll help. So I just had a friend uh, commit suicide. Um, sorry. And he was a physician. And, you know, I have it in both of my books that if you feel suicidal, if you know somebody who feels suicidal, the National Suicide Hotline number is a very easy number to remember. It's 988. And I'm going to repeat that. The National Suicide Center number is 988. Just those simple digits. Praying to St. Dipna, she helps with emotional disorders. Praying to St. Jude, he helps those with lost causes. And, you know, I'm a firm believer that you need to get that medical attention. Magic alone won't, won't do it. Right. Get the medical attention and then work your magic alongside the medical attention. Raphael, Raphael is a good one for getting you pointed in the direction of the right medical attention, too. Great. Great. Yeah. But... Um, 988, everybody. 988. I'll put that in the show notes. I was going to say also Sandalfon and Haniel are great for that. Haniel and Gabriel, they're both very adept at dealing with emotions. And Sandalfon is really great at taking emotions and transmuting them into something more beautiful. So lots of great options for you. But yeah, you know, suicide's not the way. It's not, it's not doing anybody any favors. Two things that I do in the mundane world, you may have just heard it. Well, I've got the dogs, I've got my birds, and when you care for another one, you have to be there. Caring for another is a really great way to keep you balanced and keep you focused 
and keep you around. Also, I also keep really pretty plants. I keep house plants. And just here again, it's caring for another life. Sometimes that's a way to go. Another thing I do is just really simple, pleasing artwork and crafting and just doing stuff that I really enjoy doing. And not enough people unplug and do things that, you know, just make themselves drift into a different state of being. It's a great way to meditate is to do some kind of constructive hobby or activity. It doesn't have to be complicated. It could even just be uh, puzzle games or something, you know, so. So kyanite, the crystal kyanite is a great, great grounding crystal. Yes. And I go outside when I'm feeling down because I get the, the seasonal disorder thing. If I don't see the sun for three days, I'll get depressed. I go out and hug a tree and I yes. get all that positive energy going through me. And it's, that's another great, great grounding technique. I've done that and it will help balance you very, very, very instantly. Even if you don't actually hug the tree, hold on to its branches and ask for it to um, just lend you some energy. So there goes Zoltan. He agrees. <laughs> He's chirping at you. Well, and think about this too. Like you never hug a tree and get a bad vibe from it, right? True, true. It's never happened to me. You hug a tree, any tree, and what you get is the earth's unconditional love for you, which yeah. I think is incredibly profound. Just knowing that you're a part of something that loves you that much, that might be enough to turn your day around. Yeah, I didn't have my flower garden this year, but I do the same with the flower garden. Every summer, my morning routine is going out and hanging out with the bumblebees and my flowers and everything and touching them and always handling their leaves and everything. And it's another way to connect down to that earth energy. This has been really fun. This has been a great discussion. And I hope people have been listening and getting something out of it and understanding that some of the real monsters out there and the really scary stuff is the stuff that can manifest in us. So we got to make sure that we take care of us with our mental health and our physical health so we're all balanced. And then that ties into our spiritual health and our spiritual journeys also. I do want to say, be careful with scammers out there. Yeah. You know, um, you're telling about these people that know it all and brag and do that. That screams scam to me. It just screams a scam. Well, and it's why everyone... Ev you know, these people are out there putting on a facade and we've got tons of resources to learn it ourselves. We're spiritual beings. We're connected to the divine. There's no reason people can't do it themselves. Get some coaching, figure out what groove you want to go in with your magic and make it happen for yourself. There's no right or wrong. It's what's right for you. And there's no reason to feel obligated to the only way you can make things happen is to go to some other person to do magic for you. Hey, learn to do it yourself. Get some coaching. <laughs> Call Miss Aida. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another thing, you know, I I love the way that you have described how you do your readings and stuff. You don't you don't want people giving you feedback. Just shut up, let me do my job, you know. And, right, right. And I I watch people on Oh, there's people on Etsy and TikTok, and they're out there doing readings for $4 and stuff. And some of these people ask them questions. How long have you been reading? A lot of them, it's not very long. They don't know what they're doing. They're making it up. Learn it yourself. There's all sorts of wonderful ways to learn how to do some basic readings yourself and then treat yourself to a more extensive reading with someone who's very experienced and you know they're doing it right. 
you know? Beware of free readings. I, I, I gave um, a live event. It's still on my Facebook page about scammers, but usually free readings lead to expensive spell work. And it was so funny because I had a client call me. It, it just fell into place because she was pre-scheduled. But a client called me and she got a free reading from someone on TikTok. Now, I'm not on TikTok, so I don't know what happens there. But um, an extensive free reading. And then she was told that she was cursed and that the woman could do a spiritual cleansing on her for twenty four hundred dollars. <laughs> I said, you know what, for fifteen ninety nine you can buy my book and do it yourself, you know? Wow. You know, and this is Tim and I have talked about that same exact scam. <laughs> oh my gosh. Somebody around here got taken for $4,000 for a really special candle. Oh my gosh. And wow. you know, here, here's, here's my thought. If you've got some entity attached to you, plaguing you and haunting you, you're going to be the one going to someone to have something done about it. They're not going to be springing this on you. Oh, by the way, you have this evil thing attached to you. I mean, <laughs> how do they know? <laughs> The biggest scam I ever heard of was um, a client called me. This was probably 10 years ago. And she was madly, madly in love with this guy. And she went to someone who claimed to be a Sandero. And he said that he needed to, to kill this horse. And then the man would, as an offering, and then the man would fall in love with her. Well, I mean, that doesn't exist in Santeria. I mean, you know, animals are killed kosher style. How the hell are you going to hold that horse upside down and get the blood out? But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Are you ready for this? Do you know what she paid him? Are you sitting down? I'm sitting down. Are you sitting down, Tim? Uh, Pretty much always. Okay. $78,000. Whoa! Yep. Dang! Mm-hmm. You know what? Oh. About 10 years ago, so I don't even know what $78,000 is today, but that was about 10 years ago. And people do this? People will pay that? Yep. Whoa. I literally screamed. I screamed at the top of my lungs. That is crazy. You know, and okay, people, if someone's telling you that they need that much money to cure you of some obscure thing or help you obtain something, <laughs> just run. Just run. Hang up. <laughs> And you know what, like the ironic thing about that particular situation is if that person had taken a fraction of that amount of money and bought that horse and kept it and rode it, a lot of their life problems probably would have been solved. Right. Yeah, I was going to say. Right. But, you um, know, we all know there was no horse. There was no nothing. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, so. Uh, wow. So, and guess what she called me for? She called me to do a love spell. It's like I'm not doing any love spell. And the guy obviously didn't want anything to do. And that's another thing, too. I mean, if the answer is no, the answer is no. You know what I mean? If you're praying and you're doing this and you're doing that and it's it's not happening, the answer is no. And it could be for something that may happen in the future. It can be for your own protection, too. Why? What if I'm, I see this guy that I'm really really hot for and he doesn't look at me and 
I've tried everything and it doesn't work. And then later on, it turns out he's a serial killer or a wife beater or a bank robber. I mean, there's a reason when the answer is no. Yeah. And there's also, I always say there's three answers you can get. Yes, no, or not right now. And I've had magic take a couple few years to manifest because it wasn't, it wasn't the right time. Yeah. And, you know, you look back at that point and you go, oh, yeah, if I'd gotten it when I wanted it, it wouldn't have been right. It wouldn't have worked anyway, or it would have been a problem or whatever. So, yeah, you have to you have to trust. Also, part of your magic is trusting that the other side and whoever you're working with on the other side is going to see what's in your best interest. Right. And that's why, why it's great to work with angels. They're always going to do that. They, they default to that. So, Miss Aida, in the spirit of Halloween, there are going to be a lot of people this weekend who are going to be trying to contact ancestors or other human dead folks through Ouija or or whatever method. Now, one of the things that I have gotten a caution about from several sources is that when you contact somebody, a human who has passed on, they're not necessarily wiser than they were when they were alive and that we should maybe be careful about the advice that we get from the human dead. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I agree with you a hundred percent. Okay. And I have a problem with, with summoning for, for lay people, summoning entities that they're just totally unaware of because if somebody comes along and let's just say it's my mother. Okay. And I ask my mother who only had a third grade education, like, oh, mom, it's you. Mom, can you explain E equals MC square to me? And she explains it to me. It's not my mother. It's a demonic entity imitating my mother. So you have to be very, very careful of who you summon, why you're summoning. I'm super duper, super duper cautious for Samhain. And I don't believe that it is October 31st. I believe it's a full moon closest to October 31st, which would be November 8th. Mm-hmm. I offer meals outside. I don't welcome any anything into my home because I don't know what's coming into my home. That's an interesting... I've never heard anyone speak like that. That's interesting. I like that. If you were going to speak to just kind of the the magical newbie who is excited about their first Sawain and they they want to contact an ancestor. What's a safe way to do that? How do they know who they're speaking to? And how how do they know if they're in trouble? Well, I, I would like to know how they're summoning them. Let's that's assume, number one. Let's assume it's a Ouija board because that's that's oh, like Lord, I, I don't I do not <laughs> I do not advocate that for any beginner. The Ouija board, I believe, is for the experienced practitioner because a newbie can be bringing in anything. You know, there's there's nothing wrong with Ouija boards. They're beautiful, right? But Do you know what I would newbie. suggest, um, just based on some stuff that's worked for me, is you can get some references to the ancestor that you're thinking about maybe it's your great aunt fanny is i guess zoltan doesn't like my great aunt fanny okay so anyway um so you want to you want to contact your great aunt fanny right 
Put your load, and put your load right on me. <laughs> you can you could contact the Archangel Azrael and ask that Azrael assist you in making contact with that relative. Maybe you have a reference or something that that relative really liked and burn ancestor money. Is it called Jost money? Some people call it the Jost money. And you can burn ancestor money and go through that archangel because they're going to get you to the right person. And archangel's not going to, you know, screw you over in that sense. And then, you, you know, you're working with a divine being on the subject and you're you're offering something to that that relative and it also helps heal your family that has passed any past toxicity and i've been doing that a little bit and it does it helps a word about azrael from people who may not be familiar azrael is commonly thought of as the angel of death and he commonly gets a bad rap he's not the grim reaper he doesn't make people die azrael is the one who comforts the grieving and who walks with the souls to their final destination. And he is a sweetheart. I view him as he he's able to bridge that gap. So if you if you're wanting to get a hold of a certain relative or honor that relative or ancestor, he's the guy that can make it happen. He knows where they are and where that part of their soul is. Yeah. So don't don't be scared about contacting him. He's not like there, there, there are some people out there who think that Azrael is evil or that he is, that he's Satan or, I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of things about Azrael, but. He's an archangel. He's awesome. Yeah. He's an archangel. He's awesome. He's sweet as apple pie and you're just going to love him. Don't believe the hype. All right. So, you know, this has been an excellent, excellent episode. This has been so much fun and we are going to pose a listener Halloween challenge and each of us has our own ideas and Miss Aida you get to go first what is your idea for your Halloween challenge my Halloween challenge is for everybody to recite Psalm 137 aloud very nice Tim what about you my Halloween challenge is I'm going to go ahead and piggyback off of Miss Aida's assertion that Samhain is really the full moon because uh, I think that actually feels right to me. So on November 8th, go under that full moon and spend some time figuring out what you're willing to let go of in yourself to move forward. What Ooh. part of yourself are you going to allow to die so that you can live better? Very good. I like that. Remember, everybody, that Samhain is actually the ancient New Year celebration. So these are really good New Year's. So I think I think I am going to just follow up and make this a Psalm Oreo challenge and I will follow up and my challenge is for everyone you can do Psalm 58 for a return to sender if someone's sending you some negativity two very good protections and you know one thing I like about Psalm 58 is it takes everything off of you and you don't have to worry about a darn thing so whatever has been sent to you just goes right back to them you don't have to curse anyone you don't have to hex anyone that way just send them back what they sent you you're done easy peasy lemon squeezy (laughs) well I guess until next time All there is to say now is keep a smile on your face, keep a bounce in your step, keep practicing your magic, and by all means, 
Don't forget to do the Halloween challenge. And until next time, bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye, children. <laughs> <laughs>